What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and Food Peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 229 of a Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. If you're new to the Love Food Podcast, welcome. This is the third of four episodes focusing on the nuance of intuitive eating. I am so glad that you are here to connect with us because intuitive eating, if you're new to it, may feel really exciting and maybe also scary, but exhilarating to think about, oh my goodness, I get to eat whatever the hell I want and it's going to be okay. I know for many people, the first time that they explore something that like intuitive eating, they do experience this sort of honeymoon where it feels just so exciting. But then the shit hits the fan. And I have a letter from someone who, well, was in that place. Started intuitive eating work, was feeling really excited about it. But then something happened, a behavior that this person was kind of not wanting to do, but they did anyway. And then boom, all of the other behaviors came back. And wondering like what they did wrong, how they can make it right, I think it's important to turn it all in its head. And really, I want to share with you that it's not a right or wrong thing. 
This is a journey. This is an experience. This is a path that is just your own. Intuitive eating is a map for some people, but we need to make sure we're not making it into this rigid set of rules. And I can't wait to share this part of the nuance with you. We have one more episode that explores the nuance of intuitive eating next week, and that will be the last episode of 2020. I'll be back in January, of course, National Dieting Month, full steam ahead, ready to go, armed and ready to help you reject diet culture. But I also appreciate that November and December is going to be a doozy. So I'm going to rest up and I encourage you to do the same. All right, so we are going to hear this episode's letter, but a word first from our sponsor. This episode of A Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Jennifer McGurk's Pursuing Private Practice Resources for Dietitians Who Are Anti-Diet. If you're a dietitian, and I know there are many dietitians listening who have their own complicated relationship with food or help people with a complicated relationship with food, but if you are one of those dietitians and you are thinking about starting your own business because you just don't want to have to work under the confines of the weight-centric health system that you're working for, or maybe you're in a place of growing your private practice— I want you to know about Jennifer McGurk's resources because they are going to be a lifeline and a catalyst to business growth for you in a way that helps you to connect with the clients that are wanting your services without having to do all that crazy sleazy shit that all the other things that we get from business school. I've been within Jennifer McGurk's Pursuing Private Practice programs for years, and I highly recommend them. She's helped make business skills less scary and accessible. She also is a wealth of information and appreciates that she's not always the best one and will connect you with the resources that you need. Community is everything within Pursuing Private Practice. You'll find the the community to be collaborative, and I know you'll get so much out of it. Jennifer has put together some free resources for Love Food listeners. Head on over to pursuingprivatepractice.com slash lovefood, and you can get right to them. Whenever I've been overwhelmed with business stuff, Jennifer always reminds me, take it one day at a time, Julie, just like eating disorder recovery and really just like being a human. So go on over to pursuingprivatepractice.com slash lovefood for some resources for you right now. Hey there, Love Food listener. I have a new spot on my podcast where I like to share podcasts that are up and coming that are by people who are normally underrepresented. I think it's really important for us to be able to diversify our podcast feed. And so if you are someone that has a podcast and you represent a voice that is not always lifted up, maybe you live in a black body or a queer body, a disabled body, a fat body, or maybe a a few of those combined, I would love to be able to support your podcast. Podcasts that are selected will be given 30 to 60 seconds in this spot that I'm using right now to tell you about it, and um, will be over a month. So you'll get four episodes in a 30 to 60 second ad spot. If you have a show or know one that I should be sharing on this podcast, shoot me an email at lovefoodpodcasts at gmail.com. And just note, only fat-positive, anti-racist um, podcasts are going to be accepted. So I look forward to hearing about your podcast or the one you want to share. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. 
Dear Food, after a lifetime of eating, binging, and restricting, I finally felt like I needed to shift the way we exist in the world together. I've loved you, feared you, needed you, and abused you. We were in need of couples therapy. Luckily, I found a great podcast that was all about you. After binge listening to the Love Food podcast, I was inspired to explore intuitive eating. For the last month, I've immersed myself into the intuitive eating slash body positive culture by reading and investigating different books, blogs, etc. What I learned felt right, and I started to implement the tenets of intuitive eating. We had a great two-week honeymoon where I wasn't anxious about dining out and allowed myself to eat what I truly craved. I was also vigilant about stopping before I got too full. It was pretty amazing to learn how little I actually needed to feel satisfied. Things were going great until I did something stupid. I stepped on the scale. Yes, I know the expert said that you can't diet and practice intuitive eating at the same time, but my oldest old compulsion got the best of me. So I weighed myself, and it turns out I lost a few pounds, almost effortlessly, and that's where I derailed. Since fi- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finding out I've lost some weight, I've been binging and restricting again. It's the same thing I would do when I used to diet. Lose a little and then eat way, way back up the scale. What am I doing? I can't seem to find the intuitive eating path. Every every day I try, but end up binging by the end of the day. How did I get here again? I was feeling so empowered and free just a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm feeling defeated and fat all over again. I somehow turned intuitive eating into another diet gone wrong. Food, I want to get us on the right path again, but I'm not so sure. Love, Intuitive Saboteur. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for writing. Intuitive Saboteur, wow, I really want to help and help you get back on the path that is right for you. 
I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that you turned intuitive eating into a diet. Actually, as I say that, I want to correct that a little bit. I don't necessarily think you did anything wrong. I think it's really easy to turn something that's a non-diet approach, like intuitive eating, into a hunger fullness diet. I think it's important to not blame yourself. And for anyone listening who can relate to this experience, I don't want you to blame yourself either. Here's the thing. For the last, what, 500 or so years, where white supremacy really started to like dig in and take over this world, binary thinking or all or nothing thinking, perfectionistic tendencies, the all in or all out, that kind of experience has been the way that we have been living our life. That's how our brain is now wired to react to just about everything, including food, weight, recovery, and unfortunately, intuitive eating. (laughs) So your food peace journey has this layer that we need to be aware of. And it's not just you, letter writer. Like I said, there's pretty much, I don't know, I was gonna say there's probably a lot of people, but honestly, every person that I've talked to has experienced a couple core things with their journey towards rejecting diets and living without diets and using intuitive eating. One, you mentioned the honeymoon phase and two, the hunger fullness diet. Those are two things that I see just about every person that I know who's explored this path has experienced too. So when I read your letter, I knew I had to read it on this show because it's a part of everyone's journey. So thank you again for writing it. And what are you going to do? Well, hopefully I can sift through some different options that you can experiment with. I think it's really important to note that you got this little taste of freedom and it felt glorious, but that was the honeymoon phase. It was only two weeks. I'm sorry. Some people experience it longer, but you know, the, the experience of the, the thrill of rejecting diets and being able to eat whatever you want and kind of this like excitement, it doesn't last forever. And I think you may have expedited the honeymoon phase by stepping on the scale. I know that curiosity. Oh, do I know it. It is insidious. It can seem so harmless. But that curiosity, that particular one, I think is loaded and risky. Now, I think there are some people who can check their weight and feel really neutral about it, or it doesn't affect their behaviors. Those are usually people who have been on their food peace journey for quite a while. They have lots of support and they weren't always that way. I also believe that we really don't need to know what our weight is. It's not something that's really important unless you're going under anesthesia. Maybe you have a kidney issue and you need to monitor fluid load in your body. There's very few times where you actually need to know what your weight is. And so when you hear that curiosity, especially right now, letter writer, I would really encourage you to just notice that curiosity and try what you can to just notice it (laughs) and not go forward with that one. Because I do think that curiosity is a sneaky 
way that diet culture is trying to use some intuitive eating language to just kind of pop back in. And you may be surprised to have found yourself seeing the number go lower and then feel compelled to explore kind of the chaos again of binging and restricting. But what I have found over the last 20 years, sitting with other people on their food peace journey, it doesn't matter what the scale says, whether it's up, down, or the same, it does the same thing. That's because fat phobia is super entrenched twisted and has like a way with us to make things so much more complicated and really instill the fear. Remember, fat phobia has its roots in white supremacy. If you want to know more about those connections, if that's a new information to you, I highly encourage you to read or listen to the book by Sabrina Strings. Dr. Strings wrote a book that's called Fearing the Black Body that goes through with a fine-tooth comb the racial connections to diet culture, and it will just make your brain explode with rage. Um, I know that it it did for me. And um, I think it's a really important connection. And I mentioned that because it may feel so ridiculous to be like, oh my gosh, I checked my weight and like all, all these behaviors came back. But remember this fat phobia having roots in white supremacy, five centuries at least, where it has taken root in our DNA and how our brain is wired. So racism and power, those are all a part of that curiosity. And again, if you if you haven't explored the connections of diet culture and racism, I highly encourage you to, to explore different um, people who are talking about that. And again, Sabrina Strings is one of the resources that I have found to be helpful. So next, I want to spend a few minutes discussing the mind games that happen when we step on the scale. You know, I just mentioned about its roots in white supremacy. And as we sift through that, what many people have shared with me and, you know, sitting across people for 20 years as they're exploring their food peace journey, I get to appreciate some themes and I want to share them with you. And one thing that I know is that for people who have experienced a lifetime of binging and restricting like you have letter writer. And for you listener, I know that's something you've experienced too. When we've had that kind of connection to just eating in general and our relationship with weight, getting on the scale is enough to activate a part of our brain that remembers that threat of deprivation that comes from getting on the scale. So that's why it doesn't matter why if it, the weight was up or down or the same, it doesn't seem to matter. It seems to trigger that threat of deprivation. The very act of stepping on the scale or even seeing a scale or thinking about a scale is enough for many people to have their brain connect to the memories of dieting and know that dieting is right around the corner. What the brain will do is everything and anything that it can to help us stay alive. Our brain does not like when we go through starvation. It doesn't appreciate too. Our primal brain does not appreciate when the lack of food is intentional from a diet. 
It just thinks of it as we're on a deserted island, we need food. And so after that happens over and over again, because like you said, letter writer, this has been a lifetime experience. When a person has experienced that over and over again, the brain remembers the the sequences that led up to the starvation and will do everything it can to avoid it, to protect you. And what our brain sees as protection is binging, is thinking about food. These are all physiological kind of wiring that um, every person's brain has in our primal area of our brain in the limbic system. So just getting on the scale or stepping on the scale, seeing a scale or thinking about getting on the scale is enough for your brain to connect to dieting trauma. Yes, it's a trauma. It's not normal. It's not okay for a person to go through starvation. And when it happens over and over again, it ends up being a trauma. It's a really significant one too. I don't think enough people are recognizing dieting as a violent act. I remember Rachel Cole was the first person that I ever heard put it that way. She said, dieting is a violent act. And it is. It's something that traumatizes you. It traumatizes your brain. And so that's why this is so hard. When you stepped on the scale and saw it go in the direction you want it to go, that's why it still had this experience. Your brain is protecting you. And I'm glad it's protecting you. So you are wanting to know, how can you get on your path again? You said you can't find your path. And the path is still there. It may not seem as glittery. glittery. (laughs) It may not seem as sparkly. It may not be all bright and warm and fuzzy as it was initially when you found intuitive eating. It's more real. It's not as much of a facade. And what you need to do is just look down and notice the path in front of you. It may not even look like much of a path yet, but it will over time. And the way to do that is not to just jump back into hunger fullness and things like that. What I encourage you to do is try to just to think right now, moment to moment. That's what this recovery process is. It's moment to moment. Before you, again, go back to, I'm just going to listen to when I'm hungry and stopping when I'm full. I don't want you to do that because what I'm hearing in your letter is this kind of perfectionistic way with it. And hunger and fullness, those are cues that our body has in order for us to get the amount our body needs when it hasn't been going through deprivation, when it hasn't experienced this trauma. And if you are using intuitive eating as your skill set or your principles or guidelines to help you make peace with food, remember that there's eight other principles besides hunger and fullness. And um, I just got a chance to interview one of the co-authors of Intuitive Eating, um, Evelyn Triboli, and she mentioned the same thing. I interviewed her in episode 226. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but you may find some direction there too. There's so much more to it than just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. What I instead would encourage you to do is focus on healing. Focus on that what you need right now is to heal from diet trauma. And how you do that is through permission. It's to recognize that, yeah, 
I've been traumatized and how my body is reacting, how my brain is reacting has saved me. And it's going to continue to do that because it's on my side. It's on my team. I know that's a really hard pill to swallow, to have permission to eat unconditionally. And it's the way through. It's not something you can work around. I wish there was like an easier solution, but honestly, permission and healing is the first step. It's more um, individual, ambiguous, murky, and it can take time. I know I'm not selling it very well right now, but if you want some more direction, I encourage you to check out a blog post that I wrote. It's called The Six Keys to Food Peace. You can get to it at juliedillonrd.com slash six keys to food peace. I'll put a link to it in the show notes too. But the first step is body respect, which means, again, recognizing that, wow, I've been through a trauma. I need to do some healing work. And often what happens after that, as a person's kind of just coming to the present and sorting through what is the here and now, there's usually a lot of anger because you've been given some really shitty tools. And I think when you were starting out in intuitive eating in the honeymoon phase for you, letter writer, I kind of, I think you may have skipped over those two. And it's really important to feel that anger and release it, let it go. It's not yours. That burden belongs to society. That is not your burden to carry. You're not doing anything wrong. So again, I encourage you to focus on healing, practice lots of compassion, and have permission to eat what you need to eat. It may look like binging. Some people will call it emotional eating, but whatever you want to call it is fine with me. But I encourage you to practice permission. It's been a lifetime so far for you, letter writer, of binging and restricting. It's going to take time. And for some people, it can be a year or two or more. It would be so much faster for you if we lived in a world where this was like diet culture wasn't a norm, where people actually named diet culture. But diet culture and white supremacy is so insidious in our daily lives that people don't even know it's there. So again, I am sending so much compassion and I encourage you to focus on healing And you may need some extra support to do that. I highly encourage you to connect with a therapist who understands this, someone who understands diet trauma, and let yourself take time. Eventually, you'll connect with what you need, which maybe it's connecting with hunger and fullness and satisfaction, but it may not. It may be something different, and that's okay. This is your journey. This is your food peace journey, and you get to define it. There's no set rules. There's no set timeline. It's just yours. So I see food has written back. But before we get to food's letter, this episode of a love food podcast was brought to you by Jennifer McGurk's Pursuing Private Practice Programs for Anti-Diet Dietitians. Check out the items she has just for you, the love food listener, over at pursuingprivatepractice.com slash lovefood. 
If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would so appreciate a rating, a review. If you subscribed or shared an episode, doing any of these acts of kindness may seem really, really small, but they have really big impacts. They help more people find the show, and I want everyone to feel at home in their own skin. So sharing this episode or doing any of those other things, it really helps other people find it. And thank you in advance. All right, so it's time to read Foods a Letter. And until next time, take care. Dear Intuitive Saboteur, we have been traveling for a long time together, yet we see your impatience growing. We see you blaming yourself for all the boulders in our way. This is not your burden. Remember, your brain is wired to be perfectionistic, and that does not exist on the food peace journey. There's nuance and gray and millions in between. Instead of focusing on right or wrong, focus on healing. Practice compassion. Know the only way to heal is through the moment. This will be long, hard work and good work. Your journey has not yet been defined, and only you can bring yourself home. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.